Hello, welcome back to the For Real Snow podcast with Amanda and Jessica. Hi, guys. Uh, we Hello. we have a guest today, and um, we're so excited because Jessica had this idea, and I loved it. And she was like, "Let's do some reach out to some female heroes." And you guys know this episode's all about self healing and empowerment, but we really are. Our, our listeners are female, mostly, and we really wanted to, to talk to somebody who we feel inspired by and and hopefully can inspire our listeners. So, yeah, and we both know Corey. We grew, well, we, I guess we didn't grow up together, but we both met her around right after our senior year, and, well, I met her a little bit before that, but Jessica met her right after our senior year, and we've stayed in touch this whole time. Yes. Yes. So um, Corey was one of the first ones that came to my mind when we thought of this idea, only because I've been watching her life from afar and unfold through social media and the beauty of, you know, being able to stay connected with people that way. And she has done some amazing heroic things. And it's worth talking to her about and celebrating. Yeah, oh, you, guys are, you guys are too kind. <laughs> so Corey, um, to get started, if you don't mind just telling the listeners, like, you know, who you are, what you do, just a little bit about yourself, that would be awesome. Okay. Um, yep. Well, my name is Corey. Um, yeah, I went to high school with these two ladies. Um, and I also follow them on social media as well and jealous of how far they've come, you know, how strong they've been. And I'm definitely envious of them. Um, but I grew up in Wyoming, uh, which is where we all met. And my, I guess my life has taken me all over. I've been um, in the military for 23 years. Um, I currently live in Colorado. Um, I'm a medical provider. I'm a PA, um, also like Amanda. Um, and I'm in Colorado Springs now, just trying to live my best life because life's way too short. It definitely is so short. I you you see that every day in the medical field, and it just you just get reminded how short life is. Exactly. Yep. And you never know like what the tomorrow is going to bring, or you know if you're going to get some type of illness or injury or something that's going to like hold you back when you wish you would have said, "I wish I would have done this when I was younger." Or, I wish I would have done this at this point in my life, and never getting to is like one of those big regrets that a lot of people have. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, so tell us, um, if you can, just what inspired you to go choose the career, the, the path you took as far as like you said, you were joined the military and you've been doing that for 23 years. Um, and, and we, the reason why we wanted to, one of the reasons why we wanted to talk to you is that we, this career typically in the past was all men. And, mm-hmm. and so, it's fascinating now that the women have, you know, kind of started to take over the world <laughs> um, <Yep. laughs> and to see like women enter into these areas where that were con- previously known to be male dominated. And we just want to know what inspired you to pick that type of career. And then also what your experience was like being a woman entering into that this area. Yeah. Um, so I originally wanted to join because I wanted to not pay for medical school. So that was kind of my um, reasoning behind it. Um, so when I was in college, um, I was going to um, the University of Utah 
And I decided like I wanted to join the military. Um, this is back in um, 2000 and actually 2000. Um, and my parents, honestly, they've said, Hey, I don't think that's where a female should be. So crazy thing is, is that like I had that kind of in the back of my mind, specifically more my dad, you know, saying, Oh, cause all they see is men in the military. They don't really see a lot of women in the military, even though that they're, you know, it's over the years, there's more and more females coming in. Um, but after I told them, I'm like, Hey, well, you know, I could get scholarships. Um, I could have them pay for med school. Um, so I decided that the to kind of appease me and to appease them, I decided to join the National Guard. Um, so I joined the National Guard in Utah um, and I became a medic um, in there. So I was like, OK, this is the easiest way to try to get into med school. And then when I was in my advanced training, I actually got recruited by uh, an ROTC instructor at the University of Utah. And he said, hey, when you get out of this course, we want you to come and do ROTC. And um, instead of becoming enlisted, we want you to you know, become an officer. So I said, okay, not a big deal. And he talked to me about med school and stuff like that. And they could send you to a program called U-Shoes. And um, so when I came back from that, I ended up going and joining ROTC. Um, I could go on and on, so <laughs> stop oh, yeah. me if I'm like talking too much. But well, I um, want to I want to interrupt. Yeah, um, because I noticed you said something that was um, interesting that I want to elaborate on. Okay. Um, you said in order to well, first of all, your parents were a little wary. It sounds like for you yeah. to join the the military because it was non trad, but you said in order to appease me and appease them, I settled for this. I did this instead, right? Yeah. And I find that fascinating because Amanda and I have been really honing in um, in the last couple of episodes on females in society, expectations of females, the role of females, and, um, and how we believe that we've been held down um, due to our sex. Yeah. And so I feel like if you were a boy, if you were your brother, would mm -hmm. they have would they have said the same thing? Probably not, right? <laughs> no, you're right. Probably not. No, and not you and mm -hmm. so it's interesting that they reacted the way they reacted, but that also that you felt a need to appease them, right? Why did why right. was your future? Why did you know? So I just wanted to bring that up for our listeners because we're trying to put into the spotlight more of those types of things so we can see what we're doing in our lives and the choices we're making and how they align. No, oh, that makes 100%. Yeah. Um, I think just, you know, just in the age that we grew up in, I think uh -huh. that that was just, it is what it is. Like, you know, like the, the, either the woman stays home and she's the homemaker and I, you know, should have gotten married at younger age and I should have babies and I should have done all this kind of stuff. But um if since you know me you know that i don't do any of those things right and it's so. that's another reason why we wanted to talk to you because we we feel like that you're 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 do you are making these choices and so what what makes you feel like you had the confidence to say hey those pathways aren't for me. I'm going to do it my way versus just following in what was expected. What, what do you think separates you from other women who just go along with, with what is expected? Uh, I think I was just very strong willed even when I was younger. And I also 
still contributed that to my parents um, as well, because they raised me to be strong. I mean, we're like the latchkey kids. We get to do, you know, whatever we want, as long as we are home by dark and by dinner, then we're good. Um, being a middle child, I had to take care of my little sister. Um, and then I also had to, um, with my older brother, like um, he was kind of a bully growing up. Um, he knows that we've had conversations about that, but um, so I think that those two that things together toughened you up a little a, bit, <laughs> toughened me up. Exactly. Yes. yes. So, um, yeah. What older brother isn't a bully? <laughs> I know. Right. You know, and I'm like, okay, well, hindsight, I was like, okay, he may be stronger, but man, he was kind of a dick sometimes, <laughs> you know, so, but I can hold my own now. So, <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yep. Well, well, awesome. Yeah. Do you feel like you've experienced any negativity or harassment, not just from family, but like from people or when you in that field, like when you were entering into it, did you did you feel like you had different experiences compared to men or do you feel like that it's just has been accept more accepted for females to do these things? Oh, no. At the very beginning, because like I said, so I um, joined in July of 2000. Um, so I was in the guard and then I actually commissioned as a medical service corps officer in December of 2002. And that's when I went active duty and I actually went to the um, 82nd Airborne, which is in North Carolina. Um, so at Fort Bragg, which is very male dominated. Um, I am super um, I like outdoor stuff. I like adrenaline. So I ended up when I was in ROTC. Um, I made them um, so I competed for um, going to airborne school because I wanted to do something that was we call HUA. Um, so they did send me. So therefore, I was airborne qualified. So I actually got stationed. That was my very first active duty station was in the 82nd, um, where there is not a lot of females. It's probably less than like 5% females at that time. I could be a little bit off by then, but definitely less than 10% females um, there. So it was really kind of hard. Like, um, I can get along with pretty much anybody, but I noticed, like, just in the military, like, um, even there, like, I actually found it easier to get along with men than it was to get along with women because the women who were there were, we were competing against the men. So therefore, I felt like we actually had to compete against each other. Um, I always felt like I had to prove myself to my unit because they were majority of males like I could say that I could do the things that they could do so I that's where I learned to love to run so I could run faster than a majority of them I always got the highest PT score on there I could ruck <laughs> faster than them that's um, awesome. <laughs> I <laughs> like I finished my expert field medical badge in record time and they didn't think that like a, a female could do all that stuff you know marching 12 miles with 40 pounds on her back um, wow. so like I just, from the very beginning from that unit, like it taught me that I had to stand up for myself. I had to stand up for other women. Um, and I would say that the women that I did get to be friends with, um, just like my best friend, Monica, I've been friends with her for 20 years because we met in that unit. Like we went through the shit together in that yeah. unit being treated like crap, being, you know, harassed, um, you know, because dudes talk about sexual stuff all the time. And you just kind of have to go with it. It's a little bit different now. Uh, yeah. But back then, yeah, you just, if you said something, then you were just basically an outcast. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to swallow it. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> yeah. That's, that's 
amazing like just in the beginnings there when you're talking about the things you could do back in the day that's that is just like way more than I could ever have done ever in my life so <laughs> like at the time you're doing the 12 miles with the 40 pounds on your pack I have like a two-year-old at home <laughs> and, and, and I'm divorced from my first husband so it's yeah. like oh my god <laughs> yeah yep. but um but so you so you did face insurmount I mean it was surmountable but in for a normal person it was insurmountable amounts of resistance for you being in this airborne division um and but you you overcame it absolutely what would you what would you say were like besides meeting your best friend and her going through it with you what would you say were some of the tools that you that you had that you used to get through that um, I would say that I also had some, a couple of good male leaders there that were not like kind of like the rest of them that molded me. And once I basically, honestly, once I kind of proved myself, um, just, just of the things that I've done too, cause you know, I beat out other people to be at the forward surgical team executive officer out of, you know, 10 different other people when we were in Iraq. Um, but meeting them um, and them kind of guiding me, um, I feel like that has helped mold me into um, how I lead in the future kind of thing. Because, I mean, I had a really, really shitty um, company commander when we were in Iraq. Um, one time we were all, so this was back in 2003, um, we were in... Fallujah and we believe it or not we actually were playing flag football sounds really weird right but it was like a Sunday and you gotta have your downtime you gotta do fun stuff yes. <laughs> you gotta do fun stuff and so it was our whole battalion it was like all the officer we call it officer development so OPD officer professional development but we ended up playing uh, flag football and my company commander um, chose anybody he chose he would choose a male on his team and then all the females literally were left. Um, and I, being Corey, said that he was being discriminatory against females, and that's why he didn't do that. And he tried to belittle me in front of the whole entire crowd. Um, so I ended up getting a counseling after that by him um, and my commander above that. Um, he's saying, you know, that I, you know, that I disrespected him and that I disobeyed a direct order and he spoke, he wanted me to sign this form. And I, there's a part where you can say I concur or I do not concur. Mm -hmm. So when I circled, I do not concur. And then I wrote out my thing about him being discriminatory against females and I signed it. And luckily my battalion commander agreed with it, with me, yeah. not with the other commander, which was kind of nice, but you wow. know, it's just those kind of things that happen. Okay, first of all, Corey, you are so amazing. I'm glad we have you on today. But I, <laughs> the, the, I love these stories; they're awesome. A couple things I want to I want to talk about. Okay, first of all, I want to say a pat on the back to not just you, but Gen X generation, because I feel like you just you just voiced. We are like this the stepping stone for the future generation. That's like when the switch happened. Because you had to step in into the, this is the first generation that's really, I mean, I mean, maybe a little bit, of, but this is where we change started happening because mm -hmm. Gen X had the courage to st say, no, this is not okay. You're, you're treating me with discrimination. And we had to deal with a, a lot more stuff than, than the newer generations. I mean, I feel like 
big changes happened during that time. Like big. No, I agree. The, mm-hmm. It started. It started before that, but I'm talking mm-hmm. like major diff- movements. And then the second thing I want to point out is that, and I'm surprised Jessica didn't talk about this because because she always notices this. But when you first entered into the the unit that you were in, and you said that they pitted females against the competition between two females. And I, we, Jessica and I have talked about this so much because. I was going there. I was going to go there. Yeah, I know you were. That's what I'm waiting for. I was waiting and then I was like, she's not saying anything. So I got to bring this up. But so I feel like that is so such, it's such a, I don't know if they purposely do it, but to take the pressure off of us beating them they put us against each other and it's created this culture of women tearing women down and one of our goals with this podcast is to say hey we we don't want to do that anymore let's support each other and we and i see other women doing that too but this has been a part of our culture when we first started stepping up because we they we were forced to compete with each other because they made us believe we couldn't compete with them. So you guys need to, you know, compete against each other to even be worthy of our presence. Right. No, absolutely. You see that a lot. Like um, back in that time frame, you know, honestly, until I would say just over the past decade, you, I would still see it a lot, too. Mm-hmm. Um, that I feel like you're right. Like we're making this movement now where you'll see like, yeah, women are stepping up for women and women are supporting versus saying, oh, she should not wear that. Or why is she doing that? It's more like you go, girl. Like I say that to people maybe in my head or if I'm with a friend, I was like, man, I wish I had the confidence to wear that in public or man, I wish I had the confidence to say that or to do that. Right. But before we would have judged more, we would have been like, I can't believe she's wearing that. Gosh, who does she think she is? And now it's like, hell Yeah own it you know it's totally (laughs) changed oh yeah and uh, coming from like a a male dominated industry the legal industry i see the women uh competing against each other constantly and and doing it in a negative way as well but Mm -hmm. what i see too is the women trying to be like men Mm -hmm. instead of just celebrating them being men or women and being you know who they are and celebrating all of their features that are uniquely mm-hmm. female, right? Yeah, yeah and I, that was another thing. I'm so glad you said that, <laughs> Jessica, because when she was talking about how she felt like she had to, like, beat the men and, and be like them and, and, you know, be equivalent to them, I was waiting for you to say, <laughs> say what you just yeah. said, which is, yeah. but it makes sense, though, in the time that she was at. She did yeah. have to do that. She yeah. did have to be mm-hmm. a man to, to, to be respected in that role. Um, now she can bring some of her female qualities along with being badass, but yeah. but before that wasn't respected at all. Right, and that's true. And unfortunately, or or fortunately, whichever you want to weigh, because it's bolded me to who I am. Like I still have that ingrained in my head. Like every unit, like our physical fitness test, like I have to see like how fast I can go, how much weight I can lift, and. Um, I mean, I still get the highest in the unit, and I beat out these like 19 and 20 year olds when I run. Um, but it's like, it's ingrained in my head that I can't do any less because I don't want to feel like I'm subpar to them. Does that make sense? It does. Totally. Yeah. It does. And meanwhile, the men are getting big guts and they can hardly run at all, but they don't care yeah. because they're men. Nope. nope. <laughs> they don't. Yeah. Because yeah, I, I've seen it because I did VA exams for a while and, and spoke to and and they're like, I have to do my 
whatever. And I'm like, how are you going to do that? Because you can barely walk. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know, or they the expectations are totally different. It's totally different. Cause like the men, they, when they get, we call taped if they're overweight, they like tape it below their belt, like their belly. Uh-huh. Yeah. But women, because we hold it differently, it goes around our belly. So it looks like we're like these obese women. And these are these small guys. I'm like, how? He looks like he's like 12 months pregnant. Not even like nine months. <laughs> like how? Is he still in the army? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The standards are, are still, it's still not, it's still not equal. Mm-hmm. Okay, so tell us what happened after Airborne. What did you do next? Um, after Airborne, so, so the, I went to that unit. Um, we actually, was so we were still downrange in Iraq. Um, I still planned on going to med school. I had no idea what a PA was at this time. Um, and then I became, like I said, I became that forward surgical um, team executive officer. So basically the medical paper pusher, like the admin portion of it. Um, um, it wasn't until our... Medical clinic actually got mortared and um, killed one of our surgeons and one of our medics that um, I decided that I wanted to be a PA because the one who was KIA, he and I had been talking about either med school or PA school and stuff like that. And we became really good friends and he was kind of guiding me more towards PA school. Um, so, and the fact that it happened less than, um, not even just outside the door uh, for me where he was actually talking to his four-year-old son on the phone um, oh when the mortar gosh, hit. Gosh, that's awful. Um, so it was me and my um, roommate believe um, back in the States. Um, he and I were in the same unit. Um, we ended up pulling him back in. I did not know enough to help save, to help save him. Um, obviously we were there with the, the other surgeons. So they did that, but like I felt, useless i felt like i i did i only knew my basic medical stuff as being a combat medic like i didn't know enough so that was like my guiding push um to become a pa so as soon as we returned um after a deployment i applied for pa school and ended up getting accepted on my first go around nice so yeah thanks yeah that's awesome yeah I definitely know about the PA route. <laughs> yeah. It's not a, yeah. that's pretty tough as well. Um, do, do you have a female leader or role model or somebody that you really admire as a, as a female? That's kind of hard. Um, not one that stands out in my head besides, um this is my my best friend just because she's badass as well that's probably why we're good friends but um because she's done a lot and she's been through adversity she's also um a minority ethnicity um so she's korean um so she's had to go through a lot more too and just the stuff that she's done and like where she's gone with her job where she actually ended up being um so general millie which is the secretary of the army so the highest person of the army that worked directly for the president. She was his, what we call aide de camp. So she worked directly with him. Wow. Like the fact that she got up that high and now she works on Capitol Hill. So um, liaison for the army. So she's done some pretty badass stuff as well. Um, but not like in the medical field. No, because also in the military, the medical field is dominated by men. Mm-hmm. Um nursing is different more more nurses in the military are female but more like um 
doctors and PAs are predominantly men um, in the military. So. So you're just paving your own way all by yourself out there by yourself, Corey. Just, I'm she's a, her I'm own. Be in she's her own role model. <laughs> Everybody follow you me. Go. Follow me. Look at me. <laughs> so we obviously consider you a hero. What does it feel like to be considered a hero or a role model in society? How does that feel? Um, it makes me feel awkward. <laughs> well, it sounds really weird, but like I just I guess I don't see myself as that. Um, I look at like other people and like, you know, they've done so much more and they do so much more and um just motivate other people more than I do, I guess. Um I just I don't see myself as that, if that makes any sense. It's not no, being humble. It's just it's <laughs> Yeah. It does not make it just, sense. It doesn't make sense. I don't know. I just, I'm just a, just a regular Wyoming girl who pays Who's kicking ass in life. So let me ask you this question because I have heard like some conflicting information. Is it offensive to say thank you for your service? No, it is not. Uh, when it's said to me instead of saying Thank you for your husband's service. Oh, <laughs> that's definitely offensive. <laughs> that is offensive. Yes. So, so I hear I I say I say that funnily, but um, it's because I hear that a lot, especially when like me and my husband are together, or we have our service dogs, and or we get out of our vehicle and I because I have disabled veteran plates, and they're like, "Oh, was your husband in the military?" I was like, "Actually, we both were." Or they'll be like, "Oh, thank you, thank your husband for his service." I was like, oh, well, With thank the, you. I said, we both served. You yeah, know? Right. But the assumption like they, that he's the one. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. And then sometimes we get in conversations. I'm like, I actually outrank him. And I've actually been in longer than him. And, then <laughs> and I like, actually Whoa. could beat him in a PT test. <laughs> <laughs> by, by far. Yes, I can. <laughs> so <laughs> take <friend> that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Who are you thinking? Um, but, <laughs> exactly. Um, but uh, so, no, it is not. The only thing that I would say that veterans don't like is if you thank them for their service on Memorial Day. Memorial right, Day is they're not, not dead. About, they're not dead. Thank you. That's the only thing that I think can people thank off. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I, yeah, and I usually just say, well, thank you for your support, you know, or thank you for, you know, your acknowledgement or something like that. So. Yeah, because yeah, it's just ignorance, and there's no point in pointing it out because, you know, ignorant people are mm -hmm. ignorant people. It's just how it is. Correct. Well, it exactly, I, said, exactly. I said that, and then I think I can't remember where I've read it, and I read some article, and I was like, oh, gosh, it's like you can't say anything these days. I don't know what I can yeah. say anymore. Nope. <laughs> so you, you say it. If you are thankful for their service to this country, if it's keeping you safe, you say that to them. I mean, I, I say it to people, like, because in my civilian practice, like, I see a lot of veterans because we're close to the VA. Or I'll see people like I see, saw somebody yesterday on hiking trails and he had a Normandy D-Day hat on because that oh, was wow. on the yeah. So I was like, I stopped running. I walked up to him. I was like, sir, thank you for your service to this country. And a lot of them, especially the older age and the older generation, uh -huh. um, it is amazing how much they don't get appreciated. Yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yep. Kind so, of like that Vietnam sort of mentality. Yeah, uh -huh. yep, absolutely. Yeah. So if I see anybody like in any kind of 
military memorabilia like their hat or their jacket or something like that, or I see that they're a VA patient, I will say that I usually don't tell them I'm a veteran unless it kind of the conversation leads that way. So I usually just say thank them for their service. I don't usually tell them that I'm also a service member. Right. Yeah. Okay. Well, good. I feel better knowing that I can say that now because (laughs) I was saying it for the longest time, but then you never know. Things change and I don't always get told what words we can't use anymore right away. I I remember when my kids were really little, I think uh, my my oldest son was maybe, maybe seven something. And then the, 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 my kids are two years apart. So then the five and the, and the, um, the three-year-old, we're in Taco Bell, and there was a uniformed service member in Taco Bell, and my kids, it was my oldest son that decided to do it, and the other three followed um, and went and thanked him for his service, and he peeled Aww. his Velcro patches off of his arms and gave them oh. to my kids. <laughs> oh, my God, I love it that. Was, they, like, that was the highlight of their oh. life. It was Aww. so fun. It you know really what? That fun. really impacts kids. Those are, like, what are those moments called? Those, uh... You know, when people say, oh, that's a something moment. Like a pivotal moment almost. Yeah, yeah but, like the yeah. core memory. That's what I'm thinking of. Yes, it's a core memory. Yeah. yeah, because those those things as kids, those really, like, impact. And also might even change, like, what you do with your life because of just right. something that simple. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so I have, like, really just one other big question. But – you know that our goal with this podcast is to empower and inspire other women with self-growth and healing and self-love. What does that mean to you? What does female empowerment mean to you? Do you have any thoughts on or any messages that you feel like is important knowing what our intention of this podcast is? Um, yeah, I mean, like, I'm a firm believer of that you shouldn't be intimidated by what you don't know is you can always find that out you know i feel like in any profession or just um just either women or men or whatever is that you're not expected to know everything like use your resources use those people um and that is not showing that you're weak that's showing that you actually have strength um that you're willing to ask somebody else those questions to help out Um, this is so good it is so good (laughs) that's so super powerful it It is is, you know like and it's hard because I, it's, it's hard to do that because it's hard because you're like, oh, I don't want to ask for help or because I'm used to like, hey, we've all in the military, you're told like, hey, just um, act like you know what you're doing and then figure it out later. Fake it till uh, you make it. Yep. Make it. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. And which is great for some things, but there's also some things too where you're like, okay, yeah, maybe I don't know, but let me get back to you or, or hey, let's, I don't know anything. Maybe they know a better idea and like, you know, taking ideas from like your subordinates or your your peers or your supervisors that kind of stuff and doing that because leadership you know is it stems from individuality um and it's imperfectly expressed like you can't like it has to be authentic you have to you can't be like i'm a leader because i say i'm a leader um i'm oh, that's so true it's yeah. so true i see that in the fire department because my husband is a firefighter and i see there are clear like leaders and not leaders right (laughs) but they just they just don't like they think well I've got the credentials to be a leader right and so then they Mm -hmm. go into a leadership role 
and it's so much more than just how many years you've been there or how many fires you fought or where you fought fire before this you know what i mean it's it's there's a personality type <laughs> oh, absolutely yeah um i just came out of this uh leadership course <laughs> with the military um and there's like because they talk about like different there's different types of leaders there so there's leaders of power and there's leaders of I think it's like leaders of person or something like that. So there's ones who are like that would be like, because of my position, I am a power of position. And then there's leaders who you see that are actually true leaders where people will follow you off a cliff because yes. they trust you that much uh, versus the ones who they like, I have to do this for you because you're my commander and I'll get fired if I don't, as long as it's not something illegal or, you know, it's going to kill somebody. But <laughs> um, it's sad, but it's true, you know? It is. It is sad. And, yeah. and it is true all at the same time. Okay. Yeah. So I just had one more thing. I want you to tell all of us about this um, endeavor that you're in right now with the service stocks, because this, I see a joy whenever you get to go to Alaska and spend time there and um, anything to do with the service dogs and the service dog area. Oh, perfect is, timing for the dog uh -huh. work. Oh, perfect dog <laughs> work. <laughs> That's Stella. <laughs> Stella always has to bark. She's like, you're talking about me. It must be me, right? You said dog. You said dog. Here I am. Here I am. <laughs> but I just, I love that you are doing something, something bigger than you. Right. Yeah. And I love that you're not so entrenched in what you do and how much of a hero you are and how amazing the accomplishments are that you've done that you can see past that. And you're like, I want to give back to this and I, I believe in it. And so I want everyone to know about it because if you follow Corey on Facebook, which you all should, by the way, she goes to Alaska a couple times a year and it's an absolute joy. Like every time she goes, you can just see it through the pictures. And so I think everyone should know what you're doing. <laughs> oh, well, well, thank you. Yes, um, I do. Like I absolutely enjoy and I love um, both these. I'm actually part of um, two nonprofit organizations. I'm on their um, on their I wouldn't say they're boards, but I'm on like a is like a volunteer member or a staff member of them um, because I love it. Like I, you know, have searched for so long for like a purpose in life um, and people think, oh, you're a medical provider. That's your purpose. You're like killing people. And I'm like, sometimes I feel like it's just a job like yep. this. I actually feel like I am giving back like and helping other people help me um, and somebody helped me realize that my purpose is probably this, you know, and it was hard to see that I felt like I didn't have any. Yeah. Um, so the, there's two different organizations um, and they're kind of intertwined. Um, but one is called Labs for Liberty. They are a nonprofit that um, started in Morgan, Utah. Um, the, um, the president of that is Joan Nold. Um, she's actually a neonatologist. And um, her son um, was in the military, and he's also a police officer who married another police officer, and then her other son joined the Marines. Um, so she, um, her and her husband, Roger, they wanted to do something to give back because she's, you know, seen like what combat does to people. So she decided like, hey, we love dogs, let's train some dogs. Um, so they've been doing that for, this is their ninth year. Um, but their first dog that they did, they actually did it in this like a uh, fundraiser kind of auction thing. 
um, were that um, they had this dog named Penny and Penny was auctioned off. And then the person who ended up winning the dog actually gave them back to Labs for Liberty to give to a veteran. Oh. Um, and that dog was given to my friend, Anthony. Um, Anthony is like the first recipient of the dog. Um, he is also a part of this other organization that's in Alaska, and that one's called Battle Dogs. Um, they do outdoor uh, rehabilitation and uh, recreation for combat veterans as well. Um, so one day I had, it, we had a huge snowstorm and our two service dogs that we got from Labs for Liberty, um, we, I decided, I was like, hey, I want to I want to see if they can pull a sled behind them and throw my neighborhood kids on there. Let's see if they do it. So so I did that. They did really good. So I posted it online and Joan immediately texted me. She's like, I can't believe I didn't think of you. But she's like, hey, do you think that you could go to Alaska in 10 days for two weeks? Or maybe it was in two weeks for 10 days. I was like, oh, let me check my schedule. Um, I ended up only having to move like two shifts around. I was like, yeah, sure. Sure can. Why? She's like, okay, well, there's this nonprofit that does um, outdoor rehabilita re rehabilitation for combat veterans, and they want to do a female camp because they only usually get male applicants. Oh. So we're like, oh, okay. And then she's like, do you know anybody else? And I was like, well, let me ask my best friend. And she just happened to be getting done with her command. She had a month off before her next job. So she got selected to go too. Um, so we went to this camp um, out in Alaska, and um, I did not realize, like, what this organization, like, does um, for people. Like, we get there, and, you know, it's a lot of fun stuff. Like, as you've seen on there, like, we went um, snow machining up to, to glaciers. We got to, like, walk on glaciers and climb on glaciers. <laughs> we went snowshoeing. We went ice fishing. Um we did like, you know, a whole bunch of outdoorsy stuff, you know, in the middle of winter, it's March, it's in the negative teens there, but if you're dressed appropriately, you're totally fine. Yeah. Um, but it wasn't until like, it was really like the hanging out in the yurt and the talks with like, like-minded other females um, about their experiences they've, that they've gone through. Um, so basically what we tell everybody, you know, especially them, we're like, hey, you opened this Pandora's box and now you got to help me like, un unfuck everything sorry for my french but you got to help me figure it out like let me put this back together let me put it back together right like you can't uh -huh. just open it up and i just loved what they were doing for people so i told them i was like hey i'll you know they told us hey um you guys can come back whenever we didn't think that a female camp would actually work we thought you guys were gonna fight the whole time they're like this was the best camp we've ever had Aww. um so it was so like just enriching enrich and, and enlightening that I was like, I really like it. So I was like, hey, I'll come out whenever. They're like, you want to come back in June? I was like, sure. So I came back and we just did like a working camp where we helped do, you know, just projects around the camp. And then they're like, hey, you want to come back in September? We're doing another camp. I'm like, sure. And then I came out in November. They're like, hey, we're doing this gala fundraiser. Do you want to come back out? I'm like, sure. So, <laughs> then they finally said, hey, do you just want to be a part of our organization? And I was like, yes, I do. That so, seems fitting. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I actually ended up doing my own. I ran my own very first uh, female camp in this January. Um, so in which I brought veterans out and we did our, I did my own first female camp and um, one of them happened to be my neighbor, um, who has, like, it really, like, opened her eyes on, yeah. like, her service, and I'm not going to get into that, but 
Um, but she, it's amazing, like how much she has changed and how much she has accepted and grown and everything since then. So what um, do you guys do at that camp when you put it on? Um, so we do a lot of, so we do, so it's, um, most of it, depending on what veterans are picked, because we do stuff for people who do have a lot of disabilities who can't go out and ride a snow machine or a four-wheeler or do that kind of stuff. Okay. So they've had multiple like amputees and stuff out there and they try to get things that are, that can be adapted for them. So they have like four-wheelers that are adapted for them or they'll have snow machines and stuff like that. So a lot of it is like, going out to do those things that put you in awkward situations or uncomfortable situations and watching you work as like a team or as a group or even as an individual be like I you know like some people are like I did not want to go like ride a snow machine across the lake like and I did it like you know just accomplishing those little things there um and so it's, it's honest, like a empowerment in itself, right? Ab- absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It is. This um, is brilliant. I love this. Yeah, it is. So, and can I just get clarification? Did you say we try to unfuck everything? Yes. <laughs> I love this. I feel like it's our title for our new podcast. Let's, yeah. Like, I mean, I love <laughs> uh, let's unfuck everything we've ha- happened to us. And yeah. it's like self healing and like, we got to like all this happened and now we got to relearn and relearn. Yeah. 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 No, it's so such an amazing term. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you have to, you have to do that, you know? And like, I mean, it it takes, you know, it it takes a lot, like it's a lot too. Cause then you have to be like willing to accept that you're fucked up. Yes. It's perfect. And you'll do these like waxing and waning things like like I was good for a while then I tank for a little bit. This is exactly what we are trying to do with this podcast. And you just explained it with your title that I love. (laughs) You are welcome. I want the royalties. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so I'm so glad that I asked for the details on what you're doing now because this makes you like – the highest level of hero ever exactly you're, you're literally taking i didn't i why did i think this had to do with dogs like i literally thought it had to do with uh, dogs well so technically it just still does so we do have two service dogs so we have Wooby and reveille so from that labs for liberty yeah um which do like help a lot like because i mean i've been to iraq twice afghanistan once my husband has been to iraq six times like between the two of us like we've been deployed what nine times yeah um i've been in for 23 years he's been in for 21 years um so we both do have service dogs and you know so how we actually got them was through joan so her son was in my husband's unit in utah um and they came to a family picnic and joan brought puppies and she's like oh and so they found out so the son he's like my husband was the first sergeant and said hey um this organization that your mom does i want you to give a brief to our unit next month about it so he gave her brief and then um, he actually told Wes, he's like, you actually qualify for a dog if you want to apply. And then he, he, Wes told him about me. He's like, actually, you both qualify for a dog. Yeah. So we actually got, so we actually got Whoopi together um, as a service dog. And then we had another dog, Maverick at that time, who unfortunately had passed away. And then the Jones um, called actually when I was stationed in Alaska I was doing a six-month tour in Alaska military had nothing to do with the organization but they've got another dog that they didn't have plans for because it kind of got returned because she was a bomb sniffing EOD dog that she's being trained for police and she failed because she couldn't she got squirreled too much 
So, but she could sniff out anything. So she's really good at that. But so that's how we got Reveille. Um, so my service dog. Um, so, but you're, so, you're part of the nonprofit for that Labs for Liberty. I am. Yes. Uh-huh. So okay. I do. What's help the other do, one? What's the other name of the, the one that's the female camp for veterans? Battle Dogs. And that one's called Battle Dogs. Um, and then dogs is spelled D-A-W-G-S dot. Yeah. So it's battledogs.org and then labsforliberty.org. Okay, good. I was going to say, could you ex- mm-hmm. share, like, if people were interested in those things, how uh, they would, how they would find those, but you yeah. just did, so. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah, and on each of their websites, too, so Labs for Liberty does do service dogs for combat veterans, but they also do first responders now, so because her, the son is the cop, the daughter-in-law is a cop, and, and so they've good. been doing firefighters, they've been doing police officers, and stuff like that. Um, Battle Dogs were um, the one in Alaska. Um, they want to branch out. Um, right now, we're just trying to get some grants from, you know, um, getting those trying to get pushed through so we can actually do one because they want to do first responder camps too because they realize that there's like a hole for that as well oh, too. Or, absolutely. I think so. our society is finally acknowledging that first responders have serious PTSD. Um, oh, absolutely. It's not, it's not the same as military but it's uh, a similar affliction and i mean our divorce rates are insane and our uh, you know alcohol and drug abuse is insane and Mm -hmm. and they really need help too so that's that's great i like that wow this is amazing i'm i love this episode i mean i'm so excited (laughs) me too me too (laughs) i had no idea like all this stuff it's just eye-opening and exciting and i love that you're a part of it and doing all of it and like jessica said you're like the biggest hero now i mean i already knew you were one but man you're like this is amazing she's heroing she's heroing to the max yeah the fact that she's not walking around (laughs) like she knows she's a hero is crazy to me Well, thank you. I appreciate that. But yeah. Well, thank you, Corey, for for everything that you do. And thank you for doing this episode with us. And um, any we're kind of wrapping up here, but any last like thoughts or words that you feel like is important for people to know or just anything on your mind that you want to share? Um, one, I, I want to thank you guys for choosing me and thinking that I'm a hero. And I was a little bit nervous about this, but it's actually um, been a lot of fun and I'm glad that I got to tell my story because a lot of times, like especially the Iraq story with my, um, with the place being ordered, um, it took me a long time to even bring that up and actually talk about it without crying or bringing up like bad memories. So um, this conversation actually helps me heal as well too. Um, but I would just say just, you know, so often like people work hard, like the wrong things It's just trying to, figure out, which sometimes it can take you decades to figure something out, um, is that if you're working at the hard thing, is it, it's more important to try to find something that's right than working so hard at something that's not right for you. Um, and make those hard, make those hard decisions of, if you know it's not right, then figure out a way either to make it right or move on, you know? I mean, they say, let it go, right? Yeah, that's the, like the big thing is let it go, but. Yeah, that's great advice. Oh, you're so wise too. Look at that. I love no, it. I don't know about that. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. All right, Jessica, any last thoughts yeah. from you? No, I thank you for your service, Corey. 
but also well, thank you for your support. <laughs> <laughs> and and thank you for um, for coming on. I know that there was a little bit of hesitancy there, and I'm glad that we broke through that because. Like Amanda and I have said, and so many people who have come on our show or you just listen to our show, they're like, it's just like having a, a conversation with your friends. You know, it's yeah. we totally make it conversation style. And because we know you and we've known you for 20 plus years, I'm sure that made it a little bit easier. But it really is like what we're doing here is just it's authentic and it's out of the goodness of our heart to improve our community. And I appreciate you contributing to that today. Yeah, well, I appreciate it, too, and I appreciate you guys actually doing this podcast. I know this sounds weird, but, like, um, I've only listened to a couple of them just because I am not super into podcasts, but after listening to a couple of yours, I want to find more time for it. But I like the fact that you were empowering women. You're empowering, like, the, the future generation, like, these young. Like, I'm hoping that some, like, older teenagers and stuff kind of start listening to this and realizing that they can actually do better and contribute to society more as a woman as long as we stand up for ourselves. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We just had oh, my daughter it. on, my 17-year-old daughter on, and this week it got released. And so I've been sending it to mm. all her friends. I'm hoping they'll listen to. No, <laughs> that's awesome. I love that. It, it's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. I just wish oh, that we had to, you know, fly to Alaska for our episodes and experience right? glaciers and whatever. <laughs> you, guys, you, guys, you guys can come with me. I go again on the 14th for two weeks. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm so excited so. for you. So I definitely want to do that. Jessica and I, Jessica, well, let's, let's, let's manifest this. Okay. Yes. Right. Yes. You guys are more than welcome. We need volunteers. We're doing another, uh, another fundraiser. So absolutely could use your help. Oh, my gosh. oh we should, go. we should do this. This would be good. Yeah. We are definitely yeah. in, not for the 14th, but in the future. <laughs> yeah. Give us some time. Let us okay. move our schedules around and we are in. Perfect. We'll go. Oh, sounds wonderful. I'd love it. All right. Well, that's,